Did is anybody else? I don't know because you guys are also guys, so it could differ. I wasn't allowed to go out every weekend. Oh yeah, no, that's one hundred percent real. Not every weekend. Um, so if I go out with friends, say this one Saturday, the weekend after, I would ask to go out again. Same what do you think our house is a hotel? You it's, just stay, you it's sleep not here? Not even mm. that. It's just like you already went out last weekend, and I'm sitting here. I'm like. Yo, that was seven days ago. It's been a week. <laughs> that was seven days <laughs> ago. Do they think going to school counted as an oh, outing? Oh, that was that was the big one. That was a big one. If you go to school, it's like you spent time with your friends all week <sighs> at school. You don't need to see them on the weekend. Why do you need to see them on the weekend? It was like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm working. You told me it's my job. It's like, well, we're the A's. So it's like, well, that's beside the point. <laughs> Or even hanging out with them after school. Weren't you just with them in school? Yeah, in math class. <laughs> I tried to talk to them and the teacher said no. I got in trouble for talking to them during class. Well, then you shouldn't be talking to them. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Third Culture Block a podcast where we talk about the experiences that have led us to art and who we are today. I'm Usa Jibril. I'm Ahmed Mustafa. And I'm Mohamed Smail. So some of y'all were asking about our personal journeys, and we figured, why not? That'd be a great topic to cover. So on today's episode, we're going to start off with my story. <sighs> I don't know if it's everybody or, like... Just always, I always base things based off of my experience and what I personally saw with my own eyes and what I heard with my own ears. Um, but it was there was this like weird stigma um, about a woman who works, right? Mm. And mm. especially if it's like a job that had, um, that was ba- like if you were like one of the handful of females in a male dominant office. Um, there was always like questionable like thoughts towards that and and it just or like oh you you work and you 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 are in an office with men all the time so it just automatically assumes that you're up to no good or that you're tainted because the reputation of like what can happen or like the fear of what can happen or you know um mm. so i just i felt like it was really weird, um, I, I and it was this drift between myself and some of my relatives where they're just like, oh, we saw it works. There was this one time where it was like, oh, she works. We don't we don't want a girl who works. Like, you know, like and it's and it's not everybody, obviously. Um, but you have you have you still have that that mindset of of of. Um, and it's and it comes out of fear, right? Like fear know. for your well being or fear for your well being, fear for your reputation, for your name, for your um for your honor and your your, your all of that um stuff. I would leave work and I would come home and I'd have to put on like a different face altogether, I guess. It's you go from one environment to the like I was saying earlier, the whole um, 
the parties and the 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 azumas, the 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 house parties and the house guests and all that stuff. So I'd come in and there's already a Hazuma and all the women are there. And, oh, you came from work? And it's like, yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> what What's it? Like, I don't understand why you have to point it out that way. But it was always, it was it was looked down upon here and there. And, and it was looked down upon. I, when I did wedding photography it was looked down upon a woman should not be out past kada kada like a specific hour and i did it for like a like for just in the grand scheme of things throughout the duration of my life it's probably considered like five minutes but for a couple of months i did i did wedding gigs here and there and it wasn't about the money for me it was more along the lines of there's self-fulfillment, but it was also, I saw this gap, or I saw this, um, it was more like a service for me. It was just, I hated the, the, the never-changing wedding photography atmosphere at that time, or before that time. It was always the really heavily edited photos that whitewashed everyone, and the photoshopped, like, heart saying yeah baby or whatever in the corner and the, the teddy bear and her reflection in a mirror that was photoshopped into the like it was just horrible I, not my cup of tea how about that inherited um kind of yeah and it was wise. and it was only photographs of the bride and then a little bit of photograph like awkward like awkward photographs of the bride and the groom standing together and that was it when I had conversation with brides, and I'm like, okay, what do you what do you remember from your wedding, or or women who were like recently married, um, and they just say nothing, other than how like, and they would self criticize themselves too. So they'll be like, except for how I looked, and I wasn't really happy with how I looked, and blah blah blah, blah. or that's like the only thing is just like those those wedding pictures of themselves, right? So, it for me, I was like. No, <laughs> everything else matters. So I, I was, I was kind of a little on the non-traditional side, um, and only specific people wanted what I was doing at that time. Now there are so many amazing, amazing, amazing photographers um, that are covering these weddings with very beautiful, beautiful work being done. A relative of mine, randomly, and, and I say randomly like I was so shooketh when I saw her there. Um, actually, there was two relatives at this wedding, that I, the a gig that I was at. And the mother of the bride at the time, she was just like, um, when she found out that um, my relatives were there, she was talking me up. She was like, oh... We love her, the lush, she's so sweet, blah, 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 blah. And then my, like, my relative was like, oh, yeah, we love her. She's, she's great, blah, blah, you're in good hands. And then, like, after that, because that's the only party, only wedding that I went to that I, um, that I encountered anybody I knew. And it was, uh, came at me like a shock. So one of my relatives another person who wasn't there, um, cornered me one day and she was like, um, we saw it. you 
you do so many like weird things and taboo things that culturally I don't approve of but whatever I've always <laughs> kind of just let you do whatever you want I've let you go for, for right? too long and so she was building it up and I'm sitting here I'm like what did I do what did I do and she's like but this time like I have to put my foot down I, I can't not say anything you know me I have to say something when something is not right and I'm sitting there and I'm just like Going through my entire experience archive. Was it that time I had killed I was, someone off the roof? I did not kill anybody. I know I not, not, no, that did not happen. But um, I swear it was an accident. Uh, I swear. It wasn't me. <laughs> right? I was just like, what did I do that was so bad that she like found out about that I'm about to get in extreme trouble for? Right, 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 right. right. And then she just like she shook her head and she was like, "Tasweerik filares." And I was like, "What?" She's like, "You photographing weddings? You being a wedding photographer? I, I, that's that's you've gone too far." And I was like, "What? What do you? What do you mean?" She's like, "Your father? Who is he?" I'm like, "Ali Jibril. Doesn't he come from a really good family?" I'm like, "I mean, in Derna, but who's counting? But whatever." Um, nobody knows him in Trablis. No, Come the Jibril's matter in Trablis, right? No. Okay, carry on. They do, but like I also not like and then and then he was then she was like, Okay, well your grandfather, um Khalid al Mekki was like, Yeah. He's he's she's like, Isn't he a big name? I was like, I mean I guess he's aight. And so she's like, You ruining your family name does it not bother you that you're ruining your family's name? I was just like <sighs> I don't understand why what this has to do with this because my dad, he he actually drives me to these gigs. So yeah, they stay late at night, but Bubba will be outside in the car waiting for me to finish my photography gig, and then uh, whatever I wrap it up, he's there, and I go home with him because he picks me up and drops me off and all that fun stuff. And so she was like, "No, your father doesn't know." Okay, I don't know why I'm doing an accent now because she doesn't say anything in English. Anyways, so in Arabic, she's like, your father doesn't know anything about the culture, blah, blah, blah. He's been living abroad for so long, so he doesn't know what's right and what's wrong. And I was like, Yikes. are you serious? Yikes. Are you shots fired? I kill you. I kill um, you. <laughs> Looking back at it right now, the amount of times that I that I put my parents into that position where I ask my friends, um, I, there was this hope. And this is years. This is probably over like 18 years of a position where I tell my friends, if you ask them, maybe they'll budge and mm-hmm. say yes. <laughs> and it, I, is it resilience, stubbornness, idiosity? I don't know, but for some reason, I just kept on getting, like, asking, getting my friends to ask my parents for me, because when I ask, it'd be a no, so every time it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll work this time, maybe it'll work this time, oh, it's a different person, maybe it'll work this time, they really like this one, maybe they'll, they'll yeah, it, it But was also, never if you don't want to go out or do what that person wants, be like, oh, you can just ask my parents, and then your parents will shut them down immediately, and it's like, oh, sorry, I can't come, mom said no, dad said I, no. Yeah, I really, I really wanted to, but my parents weren't. Yeah. Really, so. <laughs>
I think that was actually kind of the impetus of like uh, starting my own kind of art journey, though, because um, since you couldn't really hang out with friends outside of school, you could hang out with friends at extracurriculars. So if you were to participate, say, in the after-school acting program, STARS, um, that's what I did in fifth grade, then you could hang out with all of your friends at STARS um, and... You know, there's a side side part about actually doing the production and doing all that stuff. Or that's whatever. not the main part. No, so it's just, you get to chill with the crew, right? Um, and so um, that was that was kind of something that I found was really fun, um, especially like my older sister Nadine had been already like a part of it, so there was kind of this precedent of it happening. So I joined in fifth grade, and I remember I was just originally part of just the chorus, and then uh, actually a guy named Kareem, he dropped out of like one of the named roles, and I like wept trying, like practicing, trying to get into that role. Um, And so I got into the barbershop quartet for Music Man in fifth grade, and that was when I found I really enjoyed acting, and that, that kind of swung into... A lot of my performing arts, I think. That along with the fact that I like jumped into choir and I had a great choir director and it was Mrs. Stark and she said, oh, you have a very mature voice. And I don't know if it was true or not, but it was enough to keep me going. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I definitely think in a way that limitation to going out with friends um, on the weekend or, or having out of school hangouts kind of pushed me to do more things extracurricularly at school to hang out with friends, but then also, you know, become a more well-rounded person. Because I genuinely believe that improv and acting and, you know, that's that's just a breeding ground for good social skills and presentation skills that'll get you really far in life. So why do you think immigrant parents raised us in such a way where we can be in this country, but not of this country. I think from my experience, it was like my parents raising me in this country, but as a Libyan in the house. And I think this is part of the part of what contributes to that is my parents, or at least my like my dad was a, without a doubt, you know, planning on going back to Libya, right? It was as soon as as soon as uh, such and such dictator Gaddafi is out of here, then we're going over there. So I think that was part of it. And I think the other part of it is um, the community aspect of it, where there are friends and then there's family. And if you spend all your time at school with your friends, then you're not building community with your family. And that's really important in, like, an Arab context. <laughs> I just hear my dad in the background. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't remember the context exactly. But I was supposed to be going out, and I had, like, gone out a couple of times, like, a couple of days before that, back to back. And I was going to go out that day. And... <laughs> Just hear my dad. Is my name John? Do I look like a John? Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) Or Michael? Oh my god. You know? It just. (laughs) Like, that's so cute. Because 
I, because he's not, we, there has this been, and I think this is something that actually has been coming up in my brain a lot lately. We, and speaking for myself, right, we were not raised to be American in a sense of the phrase, we are not American. We are Libyan. So even though they, my parents, to a certain extent, understood that if you're living in a different land, you do have to assimilate and you do have to adapt to a certain extent. But like Ahmed was saying, the intention was always to go back. So being politically exiled and, and, and re- like f- seeking out refuge in another country, like... I'm here temporarily until we figure out this situation with Gaddafi, just like how Ahmed was saying. And and when my dad left, it was going to be a few years. Then he got married, which wasn't in the picture of, like, he wasn't supposed to be staying out here that long. And then, like, years go by, and it just, it started, the, the thought of it was still possible, but not. Like, it got even to a point where my, my parents, we, we never bought a house. My dad has always rented because one of these days we're just going to have to pick up and leave and go back. And that's exactly what actually happened in, um, after, the, after the revolution in 2012. My parents literally shipped everything we owned, everything down to, like, down to my, my, my paintings from school and 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 our bedrooms and the small things that made us us our whole life history shipped across the ocean to Libya and then only to be disappointed in that and and things hitting the fan and then having to come back after but that whole move is kind of what got you over there and and and, and that's well no I me going over there is what got them to move. So you went first. So I was, I was, I, I went first. Temper and even that, I was like, I was gonna go help my grandparents out Ham Ham in Tunisia for a month. The 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 <laughs> it wasn't gonna be that long. And then right before, right before that month was over, and I was gonna switch with my mom. Um, Tripoli was liberated, and I was like, there is no way in hell. I'm going to be this close and not go see everything for myself. Um, so, yeah, so I went and my brother, <laughs> he he showed up. He literally landed in Tunis the day before we went on a road trip to, um, to, to, to Libya. But it was, um, it was the both of us. We... My 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 parents were like, well, <laughs> if our kids can can do it, we can do it too, you know. And and no, <laughs> my dad driving in that traffic every single day when he'd come home, he just like he'll just curse the Libyan traffic and the Libyans and and the Libyans and the Libyans like every Libyan does. But um. Yeah, no, the, and even then when they did come back in 2014, um, like late 2014, they came back 
um, to the states. To the states, um, and that was after me. Um, for years after that, they left all of our belongings there, thinking that okay, things are gonna get better. We're gonna be here temporarily, and then we're gonna go back. Um, and then my grandparents passed away, and things got sticky and weird, and the 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 situation over there wasn't getting any better, and. So then eventually, what was it, last year? Last year, they shipped, they finally shipped everything back here. Both my parents are somewhat creative humans. Um, my dad is a watercolor artist, and growing up, we just dabbled with his watercolors on the side while he did his serious paintings. Um, and then he was like, wow, y'all are wasting my really expensive watercolors. Let's buy you guys cheap watercolors. Because <laughs> um, it's expensive. Um, and so we would, like, I would just sit next to him and he'd just have um, either Sting or, or um, what are they called? What, what's the, uh, the Gypsy Kings? Oh, there you go. The Gypsy Kings on the side. Or just, I just grew up, or the Bee Gees or whatever. Um... And music and watercolors. And this one summer, the the first summer we didn't travel for a long in a long time. I um got a cheap watercoloring set and I dabbled in watercolor for a summer. Before that everything was just markers and I would I would be locked in my room. My room has always been my sacred, like safe haven. Um I think that's something that I am appreciative for being spoiled for is having my me space. And it's always been my room. And so, um, yeah, I my friends were like, hey, we saw next semester, we're going to sign up for a painting class because it's an easy A. You want to join us so we can just sit in there and talk? And I was like, Shh, yeah. So I would like an easy A on my report card. That's fine. Sign me up, Stan. Um, their name was not Stan. I don't know why. <laughs> that doesn't even flow with the sentence. Anyway, carry on. Um, and we was it Michael or John? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they so so yeah. So I took a painting class. Um, at, and and that summer I just I was like, wow, this is really nice. I really like painting. So I went into this painting class with the intention of having fun, not just an easy A. One of our first assignment was a monochromatic um, painting. Oh. And your girl picked a horse <laughs> running. <laughs> and it just, it was not the worst. Now I look back at it, I'm like, wow, this is such an easy fix. I don't know why it was so difficult for me to figure out how to paint the hind legs. But whatever, I you know. Um, oh, you're carrying this, huh? I Yeah. We're going to release it in this. It's show. interesting because one of my parents, like I was showing, I was really proud of it. And one of my like parents, like other artistic, she's an interior designer, and I was really proud of my pieces. I had this really nice watercolor um, piece of um, that I painted. Uh, these like the flowers and and some abstracts and some things here and there, and 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 they're all really awesome, right? And then this one was like my prized possession. Right. I just it was like my first time using value and, and shading. And it just was it was so beautiful. It looked like a real horse. I was so proud of myself. And then she was like, oh, this is nice. But I mean, he looks kind of sad. He looks he's falling. 
And I was like, he's running in clouds of dust. She's like, no, he looks like he's falling. You need to make him not fall. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, well, dang. But I I was going in, I went into to, to high school with the intention of being a veterinarian. I took one biology class, and uh, that was the end of my science career. Then I found myself being able to really express myself in, in painting. And I came home one day and I was like, Bob, I'm going to be a painter. I was like, that's no future for you. What do you, want to, what do you really want to be? And my mom was like, be a dentist. Because if you're a dentist, like dentistry, you're... you're it's the a, it's art a, it's of the mouth. It's, it's, it's an art in a way when you're, when you're shaping and like, you know, you're dremeling people's teeth and, and making sure they form correctly and blah, blah, blah. It's... It's sculpture. And I was like, no, mama, it's not art. No, I, no, I refuse. And so I went on for a long time thinking I was going to be a painter. I took more art classes um, in in school. And I was like, wow, I really got this thing. I'm going to be a painter. It's fine, whatever. And then I started taking photos of compositions that I later would paint. Mm. So the the photographs were were taken with pure intention, perfectly compo- composed. I don't know why I'm com- composing. Um, perfectly composed. Com- <laughs> but perfectly composed photographs that I have the intention of later on, like the, the lighting and the, the everything about it was very intentional. Um, and I would take photos until I get the proper setup that I wanted, and then I'd go back and I would paint it. And then I just kind of took a step back. I was like, wait, these are good photos. I like photos. I like <laughs> I like photos. And so one of the years I took a photography class just because I wanted to fill up my schedule with as many art classes as possible just to dabble into everything. So I took pottery. I took jewelry. I took painting. I took um, photography. And then my photography... My photography teacher was probably, we're still friends till this day. Like, he's the coolest human being on the face of the earth. Right. This is all in the States. Okay, so my, my creative journey started in the States. That class, that's where I decided, I was like, I, I'm going to be a photojournalist. That is what I am going to do. Was that like goodbye painting? Or? No, it wasn't goodbye painting. It was, I'm going to be painting on the side, but I'm going to be a photojournalist. Because I, we had a community, a refugee community in, in Clarkston, Georgia, that my, like, I was part of, like, a little youth group for the masjid. And, and we, we went and we visited and I just felt so inclined to document their stories and to document these, like, it just was the first time I learned, I guess, or experienced poverty to this extent in the United States. There was always, like, you weren't really exposed to things as often growing up. And then it was, I remember I, we, like, in, 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 in the community that we lived in, like, we lived in Forsyth, freaking county. So our house was one of the smaller houses there. So, uh, like, woohoo, we, we don't live in a big house. We don't have the same things as the kids. Like, all the kids had iPods. I only had a CD player, like, <laughs> I, you know? But I'd like the distinction that you made, like, kind of in the U.S. Because we would, you, I mean, we would go to Libya growing up, and you would go to Libya yeah. growing up. And it's like, first time you've seen it kind of in the U.S. In and a I first think, world, quote-unquote, country, you had 
people, you had seven families living in a one-bedroom apartment. Right. And it's a different experience yeah. entirely. Yeah. So it, for me, I was just like, this is this is this is not right. Like, like so I just I, I just remembered I was photographing and, and the whole entire time. And, and it was kind of this bridge where I was like, I, 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 I wanted to, to share stories. And I remember my photography teacher was like so proud of me. And then you had the 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 protests and photographing the protests and and it just was like on and on. And, and I just loved being behind the camera. And oh, on the side, I was also doing henna. <laughs> I For just remember money. <laughs> I vividly remember doing henna, giving girls henna tattoos in class. And then um, my photography teacher was like, "You're doing this for money during my class." I support this. Industrious. Yeah. <laughs> I support this. This is you are learning. Okay. Yes. Right. No. I just so so I was doing henna. I started actually henna, um, aside like side by side with my painting. Um, there was a the teacher at the Sunday school that I went to, who did henna for a Eid party once, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. I want to learn. My dad. I think he actually still has it in his office. I drew a a picture of an elephant under a tree and I intuitively did shading and like the shadows of the elephant and the shadows of the tree and my dad was just so proud I was like oh my god my 10 year old child did this elephant and I was like oh my god it looks like a real elephant you look at it now you see it's a 10 year old who drew it but (laughs) but with shading though (laughs) What exploded the creative side was it was finding something, I guess, like finding something I was good at and wanting more. Because like I said, I was I was always I was always in my room because remember, we talked about I wasn't allowed to go out every weekend. Mm. So the weekends that I'm not out, I'm just locked away in my room. And I just I covered, I think <laughs> I covered my desk. My mom, my parents got so annoyed because they like I was the only child who had a full bedroom set and I vandalized the <laughs> your monster. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I would sit in my room with the radio on and I would doodle. I would doodle for hours and I would hang them up on my walls. Finding out that I could do more made me want to do more. And so it was this kind of like, almost like a high, almost like a euphoric kind of feeling when when you try something new and you're good at it and you're like, okay, I, I not mastered. I have always, alhamdulillah, like I've always, I I know and I understand that one can never fully master an art form because there's always a way, there's always room for learning and growing and blah, 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 right? But it's always like, I tried this medium and I, I'm pretty good at it. And then you're like, okay, next medium and then next medium. And so, um, and that's honestly what got me the confidence to try like all of those classes mm-hmm. in school. Um, I did jewelry class. I freaking loved it. 
and I still dream about it today. Like I still create designs for pieces, right? And in hopes of like the jewelry store down the road after December, hopefully they'll open up again or whatever, whenever COVID is over. But I want to be able to just express my mind into different mediums because it just, it that why box it all up into one? So in conclusion, that was just a glimpse into Wissal as an artist and Wissal as a human. Thank you guys so much for listening in. We plan on saving this last section for questions and answers from y'all. We'll post our topics on our Twitter and Instagram, both Third Culture Block, and that's Third Culture Block with the number three. I'm Wissal Dubril. I'm Ahmed Mustafa. And I'm Mohammed Ismail. Bye.